for half a century, WJPZ Syracuse has been the greatest media classroom on the planet. We've trained students from the 1970s to the 2020s on how to run a professional radio station. But the lessons learned and relationships formed go far beyond studios and transmitters. Taking a look back through the eyes of those who experienced it. This is WJPZ at 50. Welcome to WJPZ at 50. I am John Jagge. We are headed down the thruway a little bit east today to Albany, talking to the great Eileen Spath from the class of 2014. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. There are so many questions I want to ask you, so much to get to, and so delighted to have you on the podcast. Let's start at the beginning. How did you end up at Syracuse and finding the radio station? Oh, that alone is a story in and of itself. I had no idea where I wanted to go to school. I applied to like 10 colleges. I had it down to three. Really, it was between an engineering school in Syracuse and it came down to financial aid and the engineering school never got back to me. So I said, great, I'll try this communication thing out. <laughs> and I think it was a little bit of fate playing a hand because I definitely ended up where I was supposed to be. And then the radio station, I originally joined Citrus TV. I did that for four years. It was a wonderful experience, but Z89 was right next door. All my friends were doing it and it seemed really fun. You know, it was music, didn't have to worry about being on camera. So I joined sophomore year, much to my own regret. I wish I'd joined sooner and I never looked back. It was a blast. It's so funny. You are maybe the 10th person so far on this podcast to say that exact same thing. I wish I'd gotten involved with WJPZ sooner. I feel like that's a common thread throughout all of our guests so far. So what did you do with the station while you were there, Eileen? I did a little bit of on-air and a lot of bit of administrative side of things. So I joined as a zoo host mm -hmm. pretty much right off the bat. The station wasn't as well attended at my time there, so it was a little easier to get on air and a DJ shift. And then from there, I joined the executive staff as the what's now called the human resource manager, ended up doing broadcast consultant. So I had a lot of fun pulling the strings, doing the behind the scenes stuff as I got older. And that's kind of where I gravitated toward professionally. I am not a broadcaster by trade, unlike many of your guests, I imagine. So I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, that's why we're so happy to have so many people who have done so many different things at the station and so many different things in terms of career. Tell me about your career path in the eight years since you graduated. So my first job out of school was at a bank for three months and I couldn't have quit it fast enough. <laughs> and then I worked at an insurance company briefly doing some marketing and broadcasting. And then I moved over to Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Albany, which is where I am now. Started as an admin and have had a few different titles, but I'm the communications director. So WJPZ is serving me well, even if it's not broadcasting. There's a lot of storytelling in my day to day, which I would credit Z89 for giving me a strong foundation. Absolutely. So you kind of alluded to it there, Eileen, just the ability to communicate and get a message out that you learned at JPZ. Are there specific stories or general things from the station that you've taken with you that have helped really kind of shape your career and how you do things now? I'm going to pivot a little bit. I know I mentioned storytelling, but I think being the human resource manager actually probably has served me better. It is amazing how important it is to learn how to work with people. And WJPZ was such a wonderful little 
petri dish of that. <laughs> it really was. We had students from all over the country, people, cultures that I'd never been exposed to growing up. And then you're also working with anyone from freshman to senior. I came in as a sophomore on the exec staff, human resource managing seniors. I think it was internal relations director was the name of it when I was a student. Okay. There's just so much interpersonal work that had to go into something like that. And I know everyone says this, but we had such a good group <laughs> of students there with me. Like They were so sweet, so nice, so talented. And to be a part of that in that interpersonal way was really cool. And now as a manager in my day to day, I use it all of the time. How many people are on your team? We're a team of three. So we're small but mighty. Mm -hmm. I oversee two staff people now, but we work with 14 different offices. So there's a lot of management of staff and management of project and working with colleagues in the field. It comes into play at every single step of my job is working with people. All right. So speaking of people, and you mentioned, you know, working with the best people, which again, you know, there are a number of impressive alumni that were there at your time, present company included, of course. Talk to me about some of the relationships that you built with folks at the station that were your colleagues at the station that you've stayed in touch with over the years. And then if there are any alumni you've connected with as well. Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. It's like asking people to choose between their kids. I realize <laughs> that or their pets. But talk to me about just some of the enduring relationships you still have that you've built through JPZ. Yeah. One obvious example comes to mind is there's a pair of JPZers who met through the station, Molly Nelson and Alex Brewer. And I was their maid of honor in their wedding. We still keep in touch. They live in Syracuse now. I stay with them anytime I visit. And then another obvious pair, and I'm going to stop after this because I'll get in trouble if I don't name everybody, are my fearless co-hosts, Joey, Osco, and Corey Crockett. We were in the trenches together. We can at five in the morning to get on air every Tuesday or Thursday, depending on the year. <laughs> they saw me at my most tiredest, grumpiest, sleep-deprived self. But all that we had to do was blast some good music to start the day, and they turned that right around. And I've kept in touch with all of them and so many other people. So if you're not one of those four, those were the easy ones to mention. I love you all. They've been such a big part of my adult life in a way that I never would have imagined when I was 19 and meeting them all for the first time. Here we are over a decade later, and I know I can call them up in a heartbeat if I have any sort of professional need, personal need. They all regularly proofread for me. Oh, wow. That's cool. Well, no, and it's funny because, you know, we had Alex and Molly on the podcast recently and you were the first name that came up for them as, as someone who they've stayed in touch with over the years. And we're going to have Corey coming up on an upcoming episode of the podcast as well. So looking forward to talking to him. And it's funny, I asked that question of everybody and everybody gets that same look in their eyes as like somebody accepting an Oscar or an Emmy on stage. Like, oh my God, I don't want to forget to thank anybody. There's no, I, I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. I don't want free to say any names. Just thank you, everybody. So it really speaks to the family atmosphere that we've cultivated at JPZ for 50 years now. It really does. And I think that's the beauty of this community is you go to school with the people you go to school with, but then you become an alum and your network increases exponentially. And your closest friends in the WJPC community could have graduated 5, 10, 15 years before you or down the road, you may make a wonderful bond with somebody who's 5, 10 years below you. And I've experienced both 
It's just such a good feeling. Well, I'm going to put you back on the spot then, Eileen. You were in charge of the banquet for the better part of a decade up through this past banquet. I got to imagine there are some alumni in putting together the banquet that you really got close with and learned a lot from throughout this whole process. Oh, yeah. I would be remiss if I did not give Dina a shout out. So Dina was Mm -hmm. the banquet chair prior to me, and she really showed me the ropes and kind of got me involved. And it was such a pleasure. I can't tell you how many hour plus long conversations we had while she was commuting home from work on Long Island because commuting in Long Island takes about an hour. (laughs) And we talked everything about dogs and her now husband to the logistics of banquet. Yeah, that was lovely. She's been such a pleasure to work with and get to know personally. And you passed the torch over to Sam Kandel this year, right? To Sam, yeah. And she's doing a great job. It's been lovely for me because I am doing very, very little this year. I feel like I'm on a bit of a vacation. <laughs> She's running with it in the best way. I can't wait to go and attend as a guest and just have a good time. So let me dig in a little bit deeper on this with you, Eileen, because you know one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is to you know, obviously drum up support because we're celebrating 50 years on Z Air, as we've been saying. Talk to me a little bit about some of the behind the scenes stuff that goes into planning the banquet, because there are so many of us who this is like the highlight of our calendar. She's getting stressed out. I can see by the look on her face as we're talking here. But there are so many of us like this is red letter circled on our calendar every year. One of the highlights of our year. We look forward to coming back every year. And it's such an amazing, amazing experience. But I don't think the folks listening to this podcast, myself included, understand what a colossal undertaking this thing is behind the scenes. What are some of the steps? What are some of the logistics that you have to work out putting together the banquet so that we can all come up to Syracuse and have a great time in the dead of snowy winter every year? Well, I'll start with, since you mentioned winter, there are a lot of prayers and good faith put out there (laughs) that everyone gets there and back safely. That's probably the most important. It's a good thing you work for the Archdiocese now. You've got some connections, I'd imagine. We almost always run into bad weather, but everyone is careful. They do their best. We've had a couple people stranded in an airport, but by and large, we're all used to it, right? We know how to deal. And then, honestly, it's just a lot of details in getting our ducks in a row. So the banquet chair role is almost more of a project manager or like, you know, stage manager for a play. We're we're getting everyone where they're supposed to be and we're trusting them all to do the job well. And they always do. You know, we've got great keynoters every year. The awards committee always does an excellent job picking Hall of Fame honorees. The students go above and beyond every year to accommodate us with on-air shifts, with showing us a good time. And, you know, really we are, as alumni, going into their space. And they're so welcoming each and every year. So kind of coordinating all those pieces and then dealing with crises as they appear. But we have a great network. So I always knew that alumni would be a call away if I needed their help. And now as banquet chair emeritus, I hope I'm on Sam's short list now. So she can always give me a call. I'm sure you are. It's WJPZ. At 50. Hey, it's Jag. You're probably listening to this episode of the podcast because you know the person I'm interviewing. But one of the true joys of this project has been learning the stories of everyone in the WJPZ family. When you're done with this podcast, I'd encourage you to check out an episode with someone you don't know. You never know what you might have in common with your other WJPZ relatives. Looking back at half a century of broadcast excellence. 
This is WJPZ at 50. Okay, I have to ask. I feel like we're past the statute of limitations. Now that you no longer hold the title anymore. You've got to take us behind the scenes and tell us about a couple of curveballs that you were thrown over the course of the years and putting this thing together where you didn't see it coming and you had to scramble to solve a problem. Well, I wouldn't say it was a problem. <laughs> How diplomatic of you. <laughs> My first year, we had to push the date back a month. My first year sharing banquet because the Sheridan was supposedly undergoing construction that never happened. So we were scheduled the whole thing to accommodate this so-called construction, recognizing the only realistic date was final or weekend, but also recognizing that the Syracuse basketball team was bad. Yes. And I asked all of the sports people I knew, what are the odds that Syracuse ends up in the final four? <laughs> Come Elite Eight weekend, Syracuse ends up in the final four. And I had a minor meltdown of how are we going to accommodate <laughs> this? Everyone's going to be so mad at me. And it ended up working out great. We had turned it into a watch party. We had music during the commercial breaks. I think uh, Rick Wright and I ended up doing like the cha-cha slotted together at one point. Oh, my God. <laughs> We had a ton of fun. It just was a big party. And the keynoter still did a great job. We still had all the pomp and circumstances. Was that the year Erica Farber came back? Yep. Bright orange sneakers that she was showing off or light up sneakers. That's right. Yeah, she was awesome. She was a really fun first keynote for me. That was your first banquet, Eileen? Yeah, that was my first sharing. Oh, my God. So I had done banquet previously with Dina the year before. Okay. And then that was my first, this is my show. Talk about baptism by fire. Well, no, and it's funny because I remember having the conversation with Josh Wolf leading up to the banquet because Josh and I, of course, are very close. And I'm not as much of a knowledgeable college basketball fan as many of our alumni, but I know a little about sports and same conversation. Josh was like, Jay, there's no way Syracuse would be in the final four. I mean, no, there's no way they'd be in the final four this year. And then lo and behold, and I got to say, it's probably almost like a stroke of luck that we had like our first ever returning keynote speaker that year because she had done the banquet before. She kind of knew the lay of the land. She knew what we were all about. So it's probably easier for her to pivot to the part of this watch party having already been there and done that in a way, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be difficult for someone going in blind to that kind of event. We're a fun group, but we can be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Ask any spouse. Right. They all handle it beautifully, though. I love those Z89 spouses. They are troopers in every sense of the word. But yeah, it was good having her back. And she just rolled with it and jumped in with both feet. Well, and this is a credit to you, too. And I've told the story in the podcast before, but briefly, you know, uh, my wife, Ellen, had always said, you know, I talked to like three people from college. I never understood why you talked to so many Syracuse people until I came with you to Syracuse and saw what an amazing, warm, large, welcoming group this is. And we've welcomed so many spouses over the years. And some spouses have come and said, OK, this is a lot. You, you go, you have a good time. And there are some spouses who are like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I'm going to come back and hang out with this group every year. And Ellen will come some years. But there's, you know, some years if other spouses are coming that she knows she may come. But otherwise, she'll say, go have your boys weekend. Go have your cigar with your boys. Like, go have fun. Like, but it really is such a wonderful group. And that's a credit to you and Dina and now Sam and everybody else who's run the banquet that it's always inclusive. It's a big tent. It's everybody's welcomed, whether you went to the station, what year you went to the station, what you did at the station, whether or not you also worked at WAER. If you're a spouse, it doesn't matter because everybody just is welcomed into this big group. And that's certainly a credit to you and your team. 
Oh, thank you. At the risk of being humble, I think it's an easy culture to foster when it already exists. And it's certainly something that existed when I was even a senior. And part of the reason I wanted to take up the mantle to be a part of that and be a part of that culture and fostering it even further. So that was kind of my motivation there. So that means a lot that you said that. Other banquet horror stories. I mean, you had the will we or won't we for 2021 with COVID having to go digital in 2020. We got in just under the wire before we realized that this COVID thing might actually be real and kind of scary. And we're like, oh, yeah, it's this little thing that's going on. We're not missing our trip to Syracuse. We all went. And then like a week or two later, the world shut down. And we're like, well, maybe it wasn't great to share 100 wings among 50 people off the same plate. Who knows? But I've got to imagine that era, your last few years, were kind of stressful with so many variables. Yeah, a lot of people might not know this, but we did have a bit of the will they, won't they conversation in 2020. Not too intently, you know, like, ah, we'll be fine. But to your point, maybe uh, sharing wings, space, air wasn't the best idea. Fortunately, everyone was fine. And hindsight is twenty twenty, And then the digital banquet was really fun to produce, but a whole other beast. And then this past year was also another pivot year with the Sheridan. So I went out with a bang. Yeah, literally, as that pipe burst and it was last minute, we had to move it to Drumlins. How far out from the banquet was that where we had to move the venue? Within two weeks? I can't remember. Oh, it's, my God. I think I blacked out for part of it. <laughs> you suppressed that memory from a year later. I mean, I got to say at that point, when you've done it for a few years, you're just kind of like, all right, we'll figure it out because we always do. And that's not a credit to myself, just a credit to our crew. You know, Stephen Dunneman is always Johnny on the spot, no matter what venue we're in. Kevin Rich was like, yeah, do whatever you got to do. And we figured it out. It was great. You got the bosses. We had a little bit of an upgrade in the food because we went from the Sheridan to Drumlins. I know that's been a hot topic among several alumni, but the food was great. And it was, again, you would think that we were planning on doing Drumlins the whole time because you and your team just pulled it off. Every time, too. It always just ends up being a ton of fun. No matter what headaches or hiccups or crises we have going into the weekend, once everyone's there and everyone is together, we cannot help but have a good time. I think everyone goes away feeling fulfilled and recharged and re-energized, if a little worse for wear from the weekend. If you're comfortable sharing this, what is one piece of advice you gave Sam in taking it over this year? I think it was mostly like, you got this? She has event planning experience. She's not going to have any problems. I kind of let her know I'm your ally. If you ever need an ally, I'm your sounding board. If you ever need a sounding board, I'm sure she won't mind me sharing that she's taken me up on it a few times. But by and large, she's just hit the ground running and is not looking back in a really good way. Before we wrap up with you, Eileen, if you can, can you think back to your time as a student and share a funny story or two that you still look back on when all your classmates come back, whether it's Alex and Molly or Corey or whoever it is, and you say, remember the time when, and you still laugh about it? There's so many, but I think one of the things that I'm proudest of being a part of and was very fun and continues to this day was in part with Allie old. My senior year was the inaugural Watson Cup. So Allie was the general manager at the time, and she organized a pickup kickball game against Citrus TV. And WJPZ, no commercials, no mercy, <laughs> took home the cup. And to my knowledge, they still do that to this day as an annual tradition. And it was so fun. And, you know, I was a part of both stations, but 
So you did play for Z89, right? Poorly, I'll admit. I don't think I helped with the win, but I was on the team. <laughs> I once struck out in a game of kickball, so don't feel bad saying that you play well to me. So yeah, I kicked two foul balls, and the third one I just swung and missed. It was bad. Oh, no. Anyway, any other funny stories where you still crack up thinking of this all these years later? None that I would feel comfortable sharing on air. How's about that? <laughs> oh, but we're not on air. We're on a podcast. You can say whatever you want. Ooh, just a lot of really good moments that built upon one another to kind of add up to this really wonderful tapestry of memories. I talked about the relationships I've made and the connections I have to this day and how I never would have expected those relationships to still exist in the way they do. And I think all of those late night ordering pizza or staying up till 2 a.m. to plan a morning show or walking home from Fagan's with my friends who were fellow JPCers, I never would have expected all of those little moments to get us here. And that is really cool. So not laugh out loud funny. I'm not much of a comedian, but that's probably my biggest takeaway. That's okay. We can leave it there on Warm and Fuzzy. I'm good with that. I like Warm and Fuzzy. Eileen Spath, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for all you've done both as a student and an alum, putting the banquet together for many of these previous years. Your effort and hard work have not gone unnoticed. And we appreciate you being here on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Really, it's so wonderful. I love my time at sea. I love my time as an alumni. I'm still enjoying it. So to be a part of this 15th in this way, also another just wonderful memory I'll get to tuck away. The WJPZ at 50 podcast is created entirely by the staff and alumni of the world's greatest media classroom. It's hosted by John Jag Gay, class of 2002. Editing help from James Bames Grundy III, class of 2020. Imaging by Maureen Cooper, class of 1999. And Ed Lacombe, class of 1985. Podcast artwork by Marty Dundix, class of 2001. Follow WJPZ at 50 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you're listening right now.